Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. 106 in Edmonton, our number two of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Keep those texts coming at 780-496-0063. That's the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. We'll have some open talk time coming up after the 1.30 news. If you have a thought on the new look Oilers defense or the question we're going to pose to you, so get these thoughts in right now, is what team are you most excited to see come through Rogers Place? Is it the Seattle Kraken? Are you excited for another Battle of Alberta? We get one of those real early in the season this year. You can actually go to the games now. So who are you excited most to see? Text us 780-496-0063. While you do that, we'll connect with our headliner today for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We're joined on the line by Dennis Bernstein from the fourth period, also a host on Sirius XM uh, NHL Network Radio. Dennis, you're on with Brendan and Ken. Cam, how's it going today? It's going great, Brendan and Cam. Been listening along. Happy to talk uh, to the people in Edmonton in August about hockey. Let's do it. Yeah, well, and hey, that's what we're trying to make hay while we can here. There's not a lot going on in the world uh, of hockey, but today, Dennis, we get a, a couple of big contract signings. That uh, might be a sure. good launching point for us here. Uh, and that is, of course, Andrei Svechnikov re-upping in Carolina, eight years, $62 million there. And then Sean Couturier, who's a few years his elder, he gets the exact same looking contract uh, from the Philadelphia Flyers so a couple of uh, you know key pieces to their respective franchise and the business getting done before training camp starts yeah both guys who really need bounce back years to be honest with you neither one of them is really the stud that you thought Couturier has been up for the sulky award a few times one at once but uh, I, I think a necessary move for both teams um I'm sure that uh, Tom Dundon, who's not really uh, very generous with his money, swallowed hard when he had to sign that deal in the Ajo last year. But you know, two guys that you have to have bring back in Carolina. They're doing a lot of great things in Carolina. They're going to be a dangerous team. I expect expect them to be a cup contender in Philly. Philly's got to bounce back, and Brendan, uh, Sean Couturier has got to be the guy who's got to lead the defensive charge, because if you watch that team for a minute last year, you saw how poorly they were defensively, so they really need a bounce-back season in Philly, and hopefully Couturier will lead the charge for them. Dennis, were you at all surprised that uh, Svechnikov signed for the length of term that he did? 
Uh, yeah, I, I was actually, to be honest with you. I, I don't, I, I didn't expect a lot of these long-term deals given, and it was still in, in you know, with respect to financial flux, with respect to the NHL, so that they see the commitment of these players that long-term, although that deal does take them to free agency. And I'll be frank with you, after five years, the GMs care about the, the six, seven, eight years of the deal. They don't because if these players don't produce, they won't be around. So it's as simple as that. So I'm a little surprised about the term, but I think at this point, if you're a player and agent, you're not getting both AAV and terms. You're going to have to give up a little, either shorten up the term and get a higher AAV, or if you want to go full boat and go to eight, um, you're going to probably have to give up uh, on the annual salary every year. The Los Angeles Kings uh, paid Philip Deneau a boatload of money uh, to fulfill yeah. a, you know, a solid two-way role, but the offensive production may not quite be there historically to justify the dollar value that he got from the Kings. What did you think of that move? Well, when you look at Andre Kopitar's minutes last year, Brendan, he played 21-10 average. Tom and I's period. You just you can't do that. He's 34 years old. He's out right now in, in Oslo playing with the uh, qualifying with the uh, Slovenian hockey team. So you needed Phil Deneau to come in for two reasons: to pare down the minutes for Kopitar if you have the zones or making the postseason. And to be frank, this this team was not a fast team. I know you guys talked about speed earlier in the show. Uh, the reason they brought in Deneau and Arvidsson is they were not a good team off the rush. Hopefully. Uh, with bounce-back seasons from both these players offensively. Um, they can do that. Uh, but uh, I, I think it was a necessary thing with respect to the fact that you had to pare down Kopitar's minutes, and to be frank, Gabe Velarde, who they thought would be the 2C last season, did not emerge, and they had a hole here. And Quinton Byfield, who I'm sure we'll talk about, isn't ready yet. So I think it was a necessary move for this team because when I talked to Rob Blake at the media availability end of the season, I asked about the roster, and he point blank said the roster wasn't good enough and you can't wait on all the prospects that you have um, in the system and think you can contend for a postseason berth which they think they can behind I think Vet, uh, Vegas and Edmonton think the three seeds wide open they had to bring in more established players on the top six they did so with Deneau and to, uh, with uh, Victor Arvidsson. Byfield got a, a look anyway in the NHL last year in his 18-year-old season, uh, six games. He goes into his 19-year-old year, played the rest in the American League. Where do you see his development to this point? Uh, how far off is he? Uh, I think he's one more season off, Cam, to be honest with you. And the other issue is that they're having development camp right now here in Los Angeles. He went on the ice for six minutes, uh, came off, and hasn't been seen since. He's got a foot issue. So I, I think that they're going to take their time with this player. And they're leveraging a lot of things because, you know, this would be the guy who, when you have a conversation about Jack Eichel, he's not in that conversation. So to think the world of them, they're not going to rush anybody. Him, Turcotte, you can name the, the prospect. They're just not going to rush these players. So I think it's going to be another year of seasoning, at least a half-season camp, maybe by the time we get to game 40, 41. Um, if he's doing well for Ontario in the AHL, they'll bring him up. But I, I, I would not expect big numbers from this player. But I saw him as one of the few to be in the building last year in L.A. This is a big kid who is fast. Um, they expect the world of him. And again, they, he is the number one prospect in the system, so they're not going to rush him. So Maybe second half of the year, I don't expect them to earn a job coming out of camp. Chatting right now with Dennis Bernstein, both from the fourth period and Sirius XM uh, NHL Network Radio. Now, you mentioned Gabe Velarde, and this is a player that was taken in the lottery, 11th overall back in 2017, but he had uh, back problems to start his career, and, and obviously it didn't really do him a lot of favors last year. 23 points in, in 54 games, Dennis, but uh, I, I wonder whether... 
I wonder whether a lack of faith and whether he would be sort of an option for them long term is why they opted to take the centerman in byfield over uh, Tim Stutzla in in the most recent draft that took place there. So, you know, as this player's health, where do you see him fitting into the long term? Gabe Velarde, I'm talking about of this of this franchise. You know, most of the people here in LA when they, when they drafted Gabe, they said center, and all the guys I talked to with that saw him in his. Uh, draft eligible year in Kingston, they compared him to Tyler Defoe. They said right wing. And when I watched him last year, and I was in the very narrow minority about that, I'm saying he's not a center. He's not a number two NHL center. He's not a three C. He's not a bottom six player because he does have the requisite talent and strength and skill. Um, I, I think he's a right winger. Uh, he, he may be a top six right winger. I think they cast him in the wrong mall. I certainly think they did him a disservice by, by thinking that he could come in um, to the two C last year. And, and produce. I, I think that. And what happened was the prior season, he came in, he got seven points in 10 games in meaningless games, and people started going crazy. Oh, this is the real deal. Uh, I think his destiny uh, for the NHL is uh, on the wing, and I think he can be a very productive player. I like his skill set on the wing. I do not like it. He's not the two way type of center that you need in the top six in the NHL. So I think if they do move him to right wing, and again, with Byfield in the wings, with Dano now here, I think they can do that, and it could be a, a very different outcome next season or this coming season for Gabriel Velarde in Los Angeles. Alexander Edler signs with the Kings after 15 years in Vancouver. Where do you see him fitting in with the club? Um, it depends on the game cam. Like some games, like they don't have a lot of size on the blue line. The two left side defensemen are kids. Mikey Anderson's 22 years old. Toby Bionfort's 20. Um, not very big. So I think uh, against the, the Vegas's of the world, the more substantial teams up front, you might see Alex Edler on the top pair. But he's not the guy that they need. He's not the... The, the uh, purple zebra they're looking for with respect to Drew Doughty's partner, which they've really been looking for forever. So I, I think most nights he's probably on the third pair with Sean Walker on the left side, but I, I think it just depends on the matchup, the how his productivity is. Because remember, he was a productive offensive player up until last season. Last season, no goals, eight assists in 52 games. He's rolling a little bit of the dice, giving him three and a half million and 35 years old. But I, I think he'll go up and down the lineup cam depending on the matchup that night. Let's open this up both to the Los Angeles Kings and the Anaheim Ducks. I'm curious, Dennis, in your opinion, why neither one of those teams was able to land a Sam Reinhardt when there, there may have been a fit there. They've got the, the prospect capital, if you will, to have made a move. Do you think that it might have anything to do with them still wanting to be a potential landing spot for Jack Eichel? Or what, how do you see this situation there? You know, it's a great call, I man. I don't know. I would have traded for Sam Reinhardt. Guy scored 25 goals in Buffalo and he wanted to get out of there. I think that was a great trade by Florida, and Florida's one of my sleeper teams. I love that team. I'm not sure why that move wasn't made, especially since LA said they needed two top six forwards. I think Sam Reinhardt is a better player at this point than Victor Arvidsson. I'm not really sure. Could they leave space for for Jack Ockle? Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen in Los Angeles, Brennan, because when you sign to know and you give him $5.5 million for, you know, for six years, I think that cap space is away. And believe it or not, when they came into the offseason, they had a double-barrel approach. They had a ton of cap space and a ton of prospects, right? Now, they're a cap team, right? They're 2.7 away from the cap, so they, they'd have to do some financial you know, logistics to get a, a, um, a Jack Eichel in. Anaheim could do it as well. It could do it easier, but I'm not sure why either of these teams, why Sam Reinhardt's not playing in Southern California right now. I think he would have been a great fit for both teams. Speaking of Anaheim, uh, Jamie Drysdale's a guy I was able to see at the Team Canada training camp last year before the World Juniors. 
And even during that camp, he was a guy that was, I thought, as far as uh, the players on the back end, had elevated himself amongst the rest. Uh, how did he look as far as uh, a viewings that you were able to see last year? What did you think of him? Well, it was such a poor team. you got to throw out the money. So he played 19 minutes and 34 seconds, yet averaged last year as, a, what, an 18-, 19-year-old. He is the real deal. He, he's going to be a top-air defenseman at some point in time. The team isn't going to be very good, uh, but I'm really impressed with him. I, I think you, you can't really – if you're talking about a Jack Eichel trade, they're going to ask back for Jamie Drysdale. I, I would push back hard on that, on him and Zegers, but I, I love the way Jamie Drysdale played last season. I expect even more from him this year. Dennis Bernstein from the fourth period and Sirius XM Radio joining us right now. Anaheim did re-up with their captain, Ryan Getzlav. I think that was uh, definitely one of the most logical destinations for him just in staying there. But, uh, you know, a four and a half million dollar price tag. Can you, first of all, I was trying to figure this out. Is is he a full four and a half million dollar cap hit or is it only three because of the performance bonuses that he could factor in at a million and a half? I know the, yeah. base, the base salary is three. Yeah. Yeah, right now, Brendan, it's the the cap hit is three. It could it could move, but again, this team is not in any cap hell at this point in time. So I don't think that's going to make a difference if it if it was three or or four point five. But right now, if you go to sites like Cap Friendly, it, it, the cap hit looks to be three million at this point. Okay, and I bring this up just because Getzlav was a player talked about in our market up here as as somebody who could really push mm-hmm. this team over the top, face off wise, locker room wise, that sort of thing. And he chooses to, you know, for whatever reasons of his own, stay in Anaheim be a part of that uh, that I would say uh, the the bringing in of a new generation as his career sort of winds down how important is is Ryan Getzlaff sticking around in Anaheim to sort of help this transition I think from a mentorship standpoint I think he's important from an on high standpoint if I watched him play last year he's a shut up what he once was I mean he played 48 games he had five goals and 12 assists Right, with opportunity here. So I think that you know, he can mentor kids like Zegris and Steele and Comtois and Jones, uh, but I think his on-ice play is, to be frank, you're overpaying him at $4.5 million or $3 million or whatever the case may be. But I think his only option, to be honest with you, was to come back to Southern California. He's so ingrained here. His family's here. I think he built a second home here. So I, I think it was it was ducks or retirement at this point in time. I don't think he was going to be like a Corey Perry, who's now a mercenary, who's going to go on and still chase a cup. I think Ryan's very comfortable here. The team wanted him back from a, a you know, again, from a mentorship standpoint, but I don't expect a lot from him offensively this season. That comes down to, I guess, you know, family decision and, and yeah. the importance of of where you live and the quality of your lifestyle. Hey, there's nothing wrong with bouncing from team to team on the back end of your your career to try and chase a cup or whatever that may be. But if nothing else, you're chasing a contract. I, I can't fault the guy for, for staying there because his family's happy. He must uh, absolutely love it in Southern California. Oh, yeah. And not only that, but remember, Corey Perry got bought out. So maybe, and Corey's a different type of player, right? Corey's got the chip on his shoulder. So I think that he had something to prove to the people around the league that I can still play, I can still be effective. Yeah, he's not never going to be the big number a regular season guy, but he's been a integral part of playoff runs for teams at this point in time. Ryan's not like that. He, Ryan, with contract ran out. He wanted to come back. Bob Murray wanted him back. So I think it's a it's a really good fit. I agree with the camera. I just think that uh, he's so settled here that I can't blame him. If he wants to get paid four and a half million to play hockey in Anaheim and go to Newport Beach on days off, that you know, God bless him. <laughs> I got one more from myself.
myself here for uh, Dennis Bernstein, and that is John Gibson in between the pipes for Anaheim. He looked like, you know, a top-end talent and, and frankly, has played up to that. He's also played well below that standard in his own right yeah. and over the last season especially. You know, a reasonable cap hit that looks like an affordable goaltender and may match up better with a team who's more in sort of a win now or win in the next few years mode than what Anaheim's going through. But is his play slipping beyond the point of a team being confident in him as, as sort of a solid number one option goaltender? I don't think so, Brent. I just think the team was so poor around him that that, that was it. They were injured. Uh, their defense had been changed right now. You got Kevin Shattenkirk on the top here. He's not, you know, he's not Victor Hedman, right? So I, I don't, I still look at him. Look, is he a top five goal in my mind? No. Could he help a team win? I, I do think so. I, I think this season will be the proof of the pudding. And, yeah, his, his numbers bounced. Anthony Stolarz came in and, and caught himself well. You know, small sample size. He played eight games. But I, I'm not ready to say that. Like, he's not Freddie Anderson, right? For years and years and years, I think Freddie Anderson, people thought he was a weak link in Anaheim. I don't think this. I think if they surrounded him with a better team, he, his numbers would, would go back to what the expectations are. And then if they want to move him, because I think that uh, short of a rental with some of these guys in rentals at this point, like Campus Lindholm, I think he would be uh, the guy to move for a substantial uh, return at this point in time. So I, I'm still sold that this is guys is among, among the best. I wouldn't call him a top five, but certainly I think in the top 10 or 12 in the league, uh, pending um, better improvement by the team in front of him. Think any chance that he moves this year? Uh, you know, until the Sam Reinhardt trade, when they traded for Devin Levi, I, I would thought that Buffalo would be a a fit in, in a Jack Eichel trade. I would put him at the, the top of a Jack Eichel trade with some prospects around him. So um, I, I think that, look, this is Bob Murray's, he's in his last year of his contract. I, I think he's got to go for broke here. If you're close to a postseason run, which I don't think they will, will be, I, I think that everybody's movable on this team. I mean, with respect to their veterans, I would keep Zegers and Drysdale. Um, Max Comtois scored 16 goals in 55 games, but if someone's going to give me a nice return for John Gibson, I, I've got to move on because um, he's certainly, you know, it's certainly doable because, again, they're, they're not close to a playoff team this year, Cam, to be totally frank. Dennis, this was a lot of fun. Uh, anything else from you, Cam, or are we good? No, that's awesome. Uh, Dennis, that was, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Anytime, Cam Brennan. Great talking to you on CHED 630 in Edmonton. Absolutely. That is Dennis Bernstein, his work available on uh, the fourth period. Uh, we had Dave Pagnota on a little earlier this summer. There is uh, another member of the fourth period, but also Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Well, shoot, I guess we better pay a couple bills here. Hey, Cody, <laughs> you ready for the Oilers now? Injury report? That's brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Well, I got one for you. It's down in L.A. as well. Let's keep the topic the same. Forward Alex Turcotte had successful surgery for an acute appendicitis and is expected to be ready for the start of rookie camp on September 16th. Well, pretty standard procedure there. I, I still have my appendix, knock on wood. But you uh, do, hey? It's day surgery, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you're there for a little bit, though. I lost mine in grade six. Ooh. Yeah, it slows you down for a few days. Now, is that pretty standard in, like, you think you could do the surgery, or it happens often? <laughs> it happens often. I, these are not hands yeah. of a surgeon. Let's, let's get that clear. Thought we were getting a Dr. Escott moment. <laughs> All right, Lee, I got a few more years of school before we start talking like that. 124 in Edmonton. Oilers now is back after this. 
There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brentridge Ford in Wetaskiwin is committed to providing unequaled automotive excellence, resulting in completely satisfied lifetime customers. If you currently have a vehicle you're not using enough, maybe payments or an interest rate that's too high, you want to sell it, refinance it, or trade it in for something different, go visit Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, or call them at one 877 73 or visit brentridge.com it's been a lot of fun connecting with some of these different voices just from across you know we've had a, quite a few from sirius xm the nhl network channel there uh, which i don't have the pleasure of listening to you have you're an xm radio guy aren't you yeah yeah into brent ridge ford that's right my brent ridge ford talked to uncle mill yesterday <laughs> how about that oh love good good guys there very good days, uh, i gotta put a few more years in myself before i end up with the car deal here that's how it goes <laughs> you gotta sew your oats earn your time <laughs> earn your time yeah that's so we're uh, we asked you who you're most excited to see since we can actually get into the building at rogers place and watch a little hockey starting september 28th the seattle kraken how about a debut or a re-debut of oilers hockey at rogers place you're bringing the expansion for franchise uh, the first game the Oilers will play is the 26th down in Calgary at the Saddledome and then a couple nights later back up here and that is when that uh, new COVID policy will take effect in the first place as well so either two doses of uh, of vaccination or or just your papers just your papers saying that you've had a negative test within 48 hours of puck drop that's the policy all right good enough good enough Let's get in the rink. Let's get hockey going. If it gets you in the door, great. And for those texting saying that the team is forcing the needle on people, not at all. I, I would encourage you to reread the release. That is not the case. And frankly, as it's been stated, Edmonton's measures not quite as strict as Calgary's, Vancouver's, or Winnipeg's. By the way, that is only admitting full vaccination. So, I don't know. It's the yeah. new world we live in. Yeah. It's, and there's going to have to be concessions made on that front. And it is certainly a luxury to watch anybody on the Oilers do their thing on the ice. But when Connor McDavid starts winding up with the puck on his stick, oh. there are few other things that conjure up that kind of excitement. And you see the look on the poor defenseman's face who's backpedaling. And when it sinks in that, I'm not going fast enough. No. And you get blown past uh, yeah it's wonderful it, i can't wait it's got to be like trying to find the right sparring partner you know you're training for a fight you're a boxer you're a ufc guy you're a practice okay who do you phone who do, who do you turn to on your own team to try and duplicate what you're going to have to defend with Connor mcdavid coming down on you one-on-one with that kind of shiftiness that kind of speed and by the way Every time you look at an off-season video from this guy, it looks like he's gotten better, more agile, quicker with the puck on his stick. You can't plan for it. You can only hope that you don't end up on the wrong side of a highlight reel. It's 129 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon, keeping you company through the final half hour of Oilers Now. We'll return after a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.